And now, for fans of the 13-time NFL champion Green Bay Packers, this is Cheesehead TV Live. Welcome back, Packers fans. It is another edition of Cheesehead TV Live. Hey, for those of you who are like, where is all of the chicanery in the intro? Uh, I'll just, let's, let's try to do this, Jeremy. Let's do it for the fans. Hey, cheetahs don't stretch and neither do we. Uh, I think I, you're an I idiot. Even, I think you're, you're an, an idiot, idiot. And I mean that within the, with the most respect that I can give to an idiot. Packers Hall of Fame quarterback, <laughs> Jay Cutler. Ring the bell. Ding, 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 ding. All right, so now you're caught up. Okay, everybody, welcome back. Cheesehead TV Live. It is a beautiful Wednesday night. We had a little technical, I'll call it a snafu, so the Ticket King commercial did not play, but <laughs> I do want to say Ticket King has been a great sponsor of ours, and please visit theticketking.com for all of your, your ticket needs, especially if you're going to see a game at Lambeau Field. It's the only way you can get tickets to see the Packers. They have a couple of home games coming up. Thank God there's one this week. I think that's just what they need. Jeremy Vanderlinden, Jason Perone of Cheesehead TV. How you doing, sir? I'm great. I I uh, feel like my hair is on fire, but we're we're here. All right. Can anybody, can everyone in the chat hear us? Are we audible? Yes. Okay. okay I think good. we're good. Yeah. All right. I think we're good. Okay. So it's Wednesday, and this always happens. First of all, it's Wednesday, so it's three days later. We've had three days to just have everything crammed down our throat about what went wrong for the second week in a row against a uh, great opponent. The Packers didn't win. They lost to the Patriots. 31-17, right? 31-17? Yeah. And we also go right after transplants, which yeah. is which is like, you know, I mean, everybody's just, they're coming off the high of that. So, all right. The, sh- the title of the show is Fishing for Answers. So, obviously, that's a little precursor to the game this week, which right. is probably a little bit, going to be a little bit more positive. Right. But, Jeremy, there was a game last week, Sunday night. We were at the watershed. I, I have to say... Uh, we do this every week. We talk about it all the time. For those of you in the Phoenix area, come visit us at the watershed where it's, it's basically Baseline and McClintock. It's actually just west of Baseline on McClintock. Yep. And uh, and and it's a great location. And there's a there's a lake. And Captain Doug will take you on a boat cruise for five bucks. And you know the game is on. It's a Packers bar. It's nothing but Packers football. This was honestly the quietest, most lifeless game that we've done together in my memory. It's been tough. Uh, the last few weeks have been really tough at the bar because the emotions like. Everybody's so down, you know, and we, we try to keep it up, right? I mean, like we're sitting on stage and I'm trying to like play well, you do. music. I you, try. You, you do. Jason sits next to me in a cloud. Like I can just feel the negativity sitting next to me. I don't uh, even I'm, have to talk to Jason. I'm Randy, I'm Randy Quaid in Major League sitting there waiting, but I don't say this stuff out loud. I just think right. it in my head. But all Jeremy has to do is look at me and he's like, you stop it. You over like, there, you stop it. I can tell he's thinking like this is shit and it's all going to be shit. And that's just what this team is. I can feel it as I'm watching football. Now, (laughs) Jeremy, just, I'll let you finish your thought, but I was hoping that you were going to save the language for later in the show because I was, I wanted to surprise everybody by playing the clip from the Packers TV, the Cheesehead TV watch party last week. And I, but I don't know if we have any more cuss word allotment. Probably Uh, not. Well, yeah, probably not. And I know if Jersey Al's listening to this, he's probably, you know, screaming at his screen at his laptop right now. No, no, don't do it. (laughs) Yeah, because that's that's a different type of uh, bleepy bleep. So anyway, if you haven't seen the Cheesehead TV watch party from this past Sunday, watch it and fast forward to about the 21 minute mark and enjoy the show. Aaron Agler loses loses his mind. And it's hilarious. Uh, I just want to say hi to some people in the chat. Patrick. Uh, thanks for joining us, Rolando, Daniel, Dan. Uh, thanks for jumping in with us. We really appreciate you guys being here. If I didn't say your name, well, it's because uh, I don't want to scroll back too far in the chat. So, or you can't pronounce it. Or I can't pronounce If I can't pronounce your name, I don't say it. Number one pack, I can pronounce that. All right. So we know what happened in the Packers game. We're going to talk about that. But before we do, we got some uh, breaking news this week. The first thing that happened was the Packers cut safety Jermaine Whitehead. He had the... Personal foul penalty, slapping another uh, his opponent after a play, punching, slapping, whatever you want to call it. The opponent was wearing a helmet, so obviously trying to do anything to the head is very futile. He was caught, flagged, and ejected from the game for that. And then Brian Gutekunst, Packers general manager, said, you 
can't be doing that stuff. And I'm going to send a message here. Don't tell me he wasn't. Uh, those of you out there are like, he wasn't sending him a, he was no, he sending is. a message to the locker room that if you're going to pull that kind of crap, you're going to be out of here because the Packers are already thin at safety. Ha ha. Clinton Dix is gone. He played terrible for the Washington football team this past weekend. That was a very good trade. Good job. Goody, but they're very thin at safety. So if you don't think Brian Gutekunst isn't trying to make a statement here, Jeremy, your take on the whole thing. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely a statement. Here's what I think it is. I think it's Brian Gutekunst trying to get a, get control of the culture issues with this team because Mike McCarthy clearly cannot get get control of the, those issues. Mike McCarthy has been um, a problem for a few years now for the Packers, and, and and you know we've all talked about it at length. I mean, like I feel like we can play the same show on repeat yeah. the last few weeks yeah. because everybody's just so pissed at where things are at. Uh, actually Pits frustrated. Like in, there, there's just, there's a lack of a satisfaction from what's going on in right. green Bay because there, I keep hearing the same things over and over again about the talent, the talent, the talent, right? It, it's, it's well, not manifesting itself. I, and that's, and that to me, it's, it's just like any other corporation. This is a sports team, but you can look at any other corporation and say, you start at the top and Mike McCarthy's at the top. Evernight 2020 in the chat says, why is our offense so much different from previous seasons when our roster is mostly the same? Aaron Rodgers is not the same quarterback. He's not playing as, as well. He's admitted as much. We don't know whether that has more to do with the injury. If it's the offense, the play calls. I, I, I don't think I, that's the biggest part. No, of the issue, it's, though. it's not. And, and you know, you're going to get a million and one answers to this question, and we're going to get a million and one comments in the right. in the chat. And please do. I we would love to hear all of your thoughts. But the the reality is, don't tell me. You know, I uh, there was a podcast I listened to, and they talked about how letting go of Jordy was a mistake. Look what's happened to this offense. Marquez Valdez Scantling has stepped in and done and brought something to this right. offense that Jordy Nelson could no longer right. bring. And look so, at Jordy's. Look at Jordy's numbers this season compared well, to Jimmy Graham. Different too. offense, and, and Oakland's a Oakland's a dumpster fire right now. That's I, true. The, all I'm saying is, is that what Jordy was going to offer this year, Marquez Valdez Scantling is is pretty much in a different way making up for. I mean, he's not in the always in the right place, and no, he's not Jordy Nelson. And would Jordy have have you know another 15 catches and maybe a few more first downs? Yes. Would he have maybe a couple touchdowns? Sure. And you know, some of you were like, well, that equates to wins, but. He's not. He's a he's a descending player, not an ascending player. And you've got some speed on the outside. And MVS is doing well. Right. Equinemia St. Brown has proved he belongs. He can do this. They're just not. They're just not in sync. And then I, then it's the execution. I want to talk about this. If they just execute, then things will get better. Right. I have a hard time believing that there's this much of a lack of execution. Is that what you're seeing from okay. the film breakdowns? So I'm gonna answer this question. Why? Where did the offense go? I think McCarthy's changed. He changed a couple things. Uh, over time, he's changed the way this offense has run runs. Uh, he's not quite as creative as he used to be. You see the Patriots this week that, you know, they needed to move the ball. They'd been struggling to move the ball. They needed to get it done. And what did they do? They came out with some trick plays, some gadget the crap. Serious up-tempo on that first right. touchdown drive. They figured out how to move the ball towards the end of the game when they absolutely needed it. And Mike McCarthy doesn't have that same creativity. When it's time for the Packers to figure out how to move the ball, McCarthy's running the same thing, the same. It's like a slog. He's just, he's running it over and over. And, and I also, well, I also heard an opinion that Aaron Rodgers takes over and runs and calls some of these plays. And it's like when you're struggling and you need to move the ball and, and why don't you then go into your two minute mode? Because that's when they've had the most success on offense. That's when they've won their couple games. And that's when Aaron Rodgers right. is running the offense. So, is it crazy? Are they trying that and it's not working? Or is that is it crazy for me to say, why don't you try that? All right, so a, I'm gonna give to I'm gonna offense. I'm gonna speculate here a little bit. But uh, you know, Daniel in the chat is saying yes, it's Rogers' attitude problem. Um and you know what? I, I don't think that's the problem. I, I mean, yes, Rogers has an attitude, but I think his attitude generally is about Mike McCarthy. I think he's frustrated with what Mike McCarthy wants to run, and he's already on a short leash. We talked about uh, we talked about this last week, Mike Clemens, I think it was Clemens, telling the story about when Favre was in Green Bay, ending his time there, if Mike would call something that he didn't like, that Brett didn't like, Brett would just act like, oh, I can't hear you, and then he'd go into the huddle and say, we're not running that, we're going to run, whatever. Oh, that was Greg Jennings. Greg Jennings told that story and said they would hear the play in Brett's helmet. They would hear it called in, and then Brett would say, we're not running that, we're going to do this. And after that, Mike... Mike didn't like that, and so he likes to have more control over his offense, and I think Rodgers is frustrated, and so he does try to go deep a lot, and I think most of it is that he's, he's just not I, – I just don't think that he's happy playing in the offense that he's playing in anymore, 
He doesn't Do always think- go through progressions. He doesn't always yeah. he doesn't always play with the technique that he should be playing with because I think he's just trying to make it happen. He he he's frustrated. Trying to buy time to make right. something bigger happen. So there was the idea that uh of the younger coaches and all of these other great offensive minds. Do you think Aaron Rodgers watches some of these other teams and like the Rams and the Saints, what they're doing and like what right. Andy Reid's doing with the Chiefs? And do you think it's like that gift that we always see where it's from the Carolina game in 2015 where they uh, where they lost? And I think it was 2015 where Rodgers misses like Cobb, he could have he was open, he missed him. He's like, I just I got scared, I didn't want to throw it. Right. And he's looking at the he's looking at the Microsoft surface and he sees Throws it. And he's it just, yeah. Do you think that's what, what he does when he looks at his offense compared to some of the other offenses in the league? Yeah, probably. I think he's really frustrated with where things are at right now. He sees the creativity around the league. I think everybody's seeing the creativity around the league. And meanwhile, the Packers are running the same old thing they've been running for the last three years, and it's not working. So it's really frustrating to keep watching that happen. And I think for Rodgers, it's really frustrating to keep trying to play within that system he is frustrated right now obviously he says a lot of negative stuff about Mike McCarthy and some people in the chat are talking about Rogers relationship with the rookies that's not a problem this year that's not what's happening Rogers doesn't he obviously trusts MVS he wants Aaron Jones on the field he said nothing but positive things about Jones and yeah Jones isn't a rookie but he's a young guy so Rodgers has a good relationship with the young guys that are seeing the field. It's not like anybody comes onto the field that he stays away from. I, I haven't seen that this year. You know, EQ comes onto the field and he throws him the ball. EQ gets open, you know? So it's not a trust issue. It's not what it was. What The year Jordy got hurt, that was trust. There was no trust. Aaron Rodgers didn't trust anybody or anything. All he wanted to do was protect the football and not throwing any interceptions. And, and so he was gun shy. And even when he did throw it, it was off a little. I think he was all in his own head that whole season. This year, I think, I just think the frustrations Rodgers has shown when he talks in the media about McCarthy, I think we see it on the field. I really do. I think that we're seeing that relationship, uh, the frustration in that relationship. Yeah, exactly. There's just so much de- deterioration now. and you, And then you see... You know, Brian Gutekunst making the moves that he that he's made, and he gets rid of haha. And you kind of have to ask. And I was going to ask you this today: Has Brian Gutekunst given up on the season? I don't. I don't know. If, I wouldn't say that he's given up because. But he, he, does he have more like this? Does he have one foot out the door towards the next season, where he's looking for the future? And he's and yeah, you want your GM always to look ahead. But in a year when you're competitive, to the safety position for this team is so weak. And you it know, was already. And to to trade Haha and then to cut Whitehead today. Yeah, but Whitehead. Here's the thing. Couple things. I'll answer your question. Jermaine Whitehead. If he was the linchpin, and he, I mean, yes, he was a key player because he played a lot of snaps. But that doesn't mean he was the best option out there. It just means he was the best of what they had. If cutting him is going to tank the season and be the one thing that puts Brian Gutekunst over and says, I'm making this move and that's it. We're packing it in for 2018. The Packers, the 2018 Packers were screwed to begin with because he's not an impact type of player, right. even though he's he's done some okay things. I Teams do this all the time. Teams give up on seasons and, and they start trading players. I mean, look at the Raiders. Right. Look at what's well, you know going on with... with uh, why am I blanking here? Raiders and who else has been trading all over the place? I don't remember. The the Giants are probably done. They're they're you know well, they're, they're done. Yeah, and they know. And and teams know internally, even if the record mathematically doesn't suggest that they're out of it, or even if it doesn't seem like it's not impossible that they could go on a run. But teams know, and and you know Brian Good, he's a different personality. You know he he's he's a little bit tougher he's a little bit more hardcore Jason Wildey on Wildey and Tausch today uh today's show described him as as you know sometimes he's not the most approachable guy so I I don't know maybe he's a little bit gruffer in his mentality and his thought process I mean he's definitely setting this team up for 2019 they can still do something in 2018 but I don't they can't make any more moves. The trade deadline has passed. Right. They didn't try to bring in 
Bruce Irvin, and I'm not saying Bruce Irvin would have made or break, right, but you're made so or broken the defense. Hurt, you're hurting at pass. Your pass rush is so terrible. Nick Perry doesn't even know what the where the quarterback is anymore. Like but, he's forgotten yeah, how to get to that position the, or that place. Yeah, you're right. But the problem is, is that there's certain moves you can't make, and Nick Perry's salary is it makes it prohibitive for them to to cut him or move on from him. Or if he's sitting on the bench, I mean, you might as well try and play him and hope that he can knock a few passes down. He can't get to the quarterback because right. apparently he's allergic this season, but you want to hope that he can maybe at least knock a couple passes down and give you something. I mean, all it takes is for that to happen at a key moment in a game and the Packers win versus lose. And Nick Perry at least is paying some dividends. I mean, he's been terrible this season and I hope he would stand up in front of the media if asked and he would say the same thing. I'm not playing very well. Their pass rush isn't great. Kyler Fackrell has actually played over his head this season. Thank goodness because Clay Matthews and Nick Perry have not been at all what they needed to be. Reggie Gilbert's been a ghost for right. the last two games. Bruce Irvin comes in. Who are you going to cut? There's there were options. There were guys they could have cut. Certainly, right. they, they definitely could have done it. But it's it it is interesting too. You know, it's been talked about how Whitehead's gone, but Tony Brown's not the undrafted free agent out of Alabama. It's like after you could, that, you could, after you that. could cut him and and still get like you know something nothing lose nothing. It's just it's really interesting the moves that are being made. But I know there's a faction of Packers fans out there that love it because the accountability is finally being evidenced. We're seeing right. it. It's not this hidden thing that's going on in the locker room like oh Josh Sitton Josh Sitton got cut all of a sudden what happened there's no answers right. nobody's telling us what went on there and we never really got the full story whereas now it's like oh we all know why Jermaine Whitehead got cut he was an idiot and he tried to hit somebody with a helmet on and oh by the way it's the old you know we've heard it a billion times the second guy always gets flagged Packers get flagged and in games they played two games also this last two weeks where the margin for error already by average Packers standards is is very, very thin. But the way the Packers are playing this season, it was zero. Right. And, of course, against the Rams, what happens? Ty Montgomery fumbles at the end of the game. Terrible. Then, you know, against the Patriots, what happens? Aaron Jones puts the right. ball on the ground for the first time this season. Whitehead gets a, a terrible penalty. Some of those things didn't end up costing. Like, the Whitehead penalty didn't cost them. Uh, the right. roughing the, the, uh, the, yeah, on that drive, the roughing the kicker. You know, that was a referee thing. That, that sucked. Uh, unfortunately, that didn't cost, you know, or fortunately, that didn't cost them. That was Robert Tanya. I love the guy. You know, he's he's out there trying to make a play. Right, but that was just, that was such a crappy, I, that it's, was so, it was shit. It's, you know, you've got to be able to overcome some difficulties. I think right. Everyone wants to use the word adversity. You've got to be able to overcome some difficulties. And this Packers team just cannot. Can't. They can't. They, they can't. There's no room for error. One and, bump in the road and it's like. And you've got too many young guys playing where. That's going to happen. And now all of a sudden this week, the, the, you know, finally the hall pass has ended. Right. Geronimo Allison didn't even play. He's, he's having core surgery. He's on injured reserve. He wouldn't even be back this season unless they made the playoffs. Right. So his season is for all intents and purposes over. Gone. It's done. Blake Martinez looked like a real bad ankle situation. He, he came, came back, back and the, gutted it he out. I came mean, back and gutted it out. Not only that, he practiced right. today. Today's Wednesday. He practiced. So Blake Martinez looks like he's going to go. That's I, You know what? I, I love Martinez. He's a warrior in there in the middle. Kevin King. Kevin King with a hamstring injury. Can't stay healthy. Doesn't man. play. Doesn't play and didn't practice today, Wednesday. Right. I, I get into this debate so often with even some of my best colleagues who cover the team, write for the team, blog for the team, have a lot of access, are a lot smarter than I am. I'm getting real sick of the Kevin King injury problem. Yep. And then I'm going to have somebody tell me like, well, and they'll give me the medical breakdown and tell me the 85 excuses as to why I should be more patient. Right. The injury bug. I don't know, Jeremy, are you concerned that some, it's back? Some guys just do get hurt more than others. It's not... It's not even his fault, but if your genetic makeup is such a way that, that you can't stay healthy where your body doesn't want – it's a very physical game. Not everybody is built to do that. Just like, you know, I'm not built to, you know, be a bodybuilder. You know, that's not my thing, okay? So I probably fail at that. So not everybody's built to do everything. And if Kevin King isn't built to play football, even with his ability and all the, the things that he can do, if physically his body is not built for it, he's going to keep getting hurt. So it's a bummer. I, I, you know, obviously we want to see him play. We want to see him stay healthy, but I don't, I don't, I don't know if you can depend on him going forward, but the good news is that group of corners is really deep and it's a good group and, and, and some really good young guys. So, so we even finally if, saw, yeah. And to that point, we finally saw Bashad Breland. Everybody wanted to see the unveiling of Bashad Breland and he didn't play great. He was okay. He wasn't great. He made some mistakes. 
clearly not in midseason form like he should be because he wasn't playing. So I don't know if that experiment is just going to take some time and he's going to improve and get better and be like a big contributor by the end of the season. Or if we're all right. going to say, like, remember Bashad Breeland, what a dud he was. It could go either way with him. I'm not exactly sure. Josh Jackson didn't play a ton in this game. Apparently they saw something they didn't like in the matchups. You know, it's we're talking about McCarthy and how much trust is not there for him. And as a fan, I sit there and I'm like, I don't trust him to lead this team to greatness anymore. I can tell you that. But on the defensive side, it's, it is interesting. I've already bought into what Mike Pettin is doing because the defense has held up its end of the bargain this season. Right. So I'm like, well, if they're not playing Jackson, so he must be seeing something is that, that he doesn't like. I'm more apt to trust that decision. Yeah. From Pettin, who could be in the mix. If McCarthy's gone after this season, could be in the mix to take over this right. team. Okay, so let's talk about that just for a second because we've talked about it a bunch. Uh, let me go back here in the chat. Alexander Morano, Marino, Marino, Moreno, Moreno. Okay. Well, anyways, he asks if everybody at Cheesehead TV wants Mike McCarthy fired. Do you want Mike McCarthy fired? Uh, at, at this at this point right now, not today or or during the right. season, but so after the season. At, at present, if nothing changed between now and the end of the season, yeah. if, if the end of the season was right now, yes, I would. I want him fired at the end of the season, regardless of how things go. I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl. They're, the they're, issues, they're not. The issues that they're having right now are they have been here. This isn't new stuff. We've been watching this happen. And so I think it's just time for Mike McCarthy to go. It's really unfortunate. Uh, he is going to go coach somewhere else and be really good. But I don't think it's I don't think it's smart for him to, to stay here. I don't think it's smart for the Packers to keep him at this point. We have seen the trend of the last three years, and we know what it looks like. So... Uh, what's your opinion on the new safety and will he help or hurt us? Uh, I don't. Ibrahim, the, the guy that they signed? Today, yeah. He's an undrafted. He right. might, he's I'm an not, undrafted I'm free not, agent. Don't he's expect depth. much. He's special teams. He's depth. Speaking of special teams, Trevor Davis is practicing with the team. He's going to be reactivated from injured reserve. He's going to resume the kickoff duties when he is back. Rashad Breland handled those duties against the Patriots. Right. That was a surprise. Yeah. That was kind of a shocker. A little bit of a surprise. Yeah, we didn't see that coming. We talked about that in the pregame show. We didn't want to see who was it. I think we didn't I want to see. I thought it would Tremont be Marquez Valdez Scantling and right. maybe Aaron Jones. I don't know that they trust Marquez Marquez, but when he did it in the preseason, it didn't look great. Uh, Dan says he doesn't want McCarthy to get fired. He wants him to have more control over personnel. Well, Dan, let me tell you, uh, he does have plenty of control over personnel, and I guarantee you, all of these moves that have recently been made, he's been in the conversations before they've happened. The, the new structure for the Green Bay Packers and what they did this offseason does exactly that. It's going to give Mike McCarthy say. He, he gets a vote, Goody right. gets a vote, and Murphy breaks right. the tie. They're, gonna, they're making these decisions together. Uh, at the end of the day, Brian Gutekunst has full control of the roster and he can do whatever he wants. However, Mike McCarthy gets to be part of those conversations. This isn't like Ted, where Ted just did whatever Ted did and said to Mike, hey, these are the guys you have. Go figure it out. You know, and that that was a big struggle at the end of Ted Thompson's time because he wasn't doing very well evaluating players. He wasn't bringing in uh, high quality talent. And he was giving guys to Mike and saying, all right, figure it out. And, and it wasn't working. Right. So Mike's got plenty of say. He's got enough say. OK. And you have to ask this question. Does he want more say? Does Mike McCarthy want more control? He expressed frustration over the roster and some of the moves in the past. He said that in past right. seasons where it seems like he wasn't okay with all the talent he had to work with. So but I would think the answer is yes. I don't think he does. I think he just wanted somebody who would communicate. And he was happy when they hired Brian Gutekunst. He was happy with that move. So when they when they hired Brian Gutekunst and they shifted the way that things are organized in the front office, Mike McCarthy was happy, and I think he's probably still happy with that structure. So McCarthy has plenty of say. He's, he's got as much control as he needs. I don't want Mike McCarthy to have control over it. And I don't think he wants control over it. Can you imagine? I, I don't think he's the type of guy to want to go scout and, and lead the draft. I don't think that's something he wants to run. It's not a Belichick. Okay? It's, he's not that. It's not so, a Belichick. So um, Mike McCarthy has every every bit of power that he needs. I think he's in a good spot for that. Which eliminates the excuse then. If you're in a comfortable place and you're, you're saying, listen, I'm good with where I'm at and, and the job that I do – or what I need to do the job and you're not getting it done, then, you know, it's easy to understand when you're asked to leave or you're not going to be in that position much longer after the season is over with, by right. the way, 
It is Marquez Valdez. Yeah, Scanlon. I know. I have a he hard tweeted time out. It. No, you said it right. I didn't. Right. He tweeted it out early this week. He's like, there is no K in my name. And I'm like, oh my God, I've been saying Marquez all season. Right. It's Marquez Valdez Scanlon. I have a hard Good time job. with his name. I, I call him Marquez. When we're doing the live show, like, and I'm running through stuff, I don't say his name right. I have a really hard time with it. I was Quez. thinking about that in the car today. I'm like, I just say his name however I want to. I'm sure you got not. EQ and then just Q. I think Q should be Marquez Valdez Scantling and EQ should be Equinemius. Or MVS. That's, I call him MVS, MVS for good. short. So, MVS. Um, okay, so let me see here. Davis is coming back to return kicks, but not until next week the seattle right. game no right? not this no no, no. Right. he's practicing so, he's practicing he hasn't been activated he hasn't get, been active he hasn't back been brought that. back off of ir because i think you have some feelings on trevor davis and so do i do you well, want to share your thoughts trevor davis has speed he's never done anything that's led me to believe he's going to make any difference on the special teams unit other than okay he's a guy that we've uh he's played here before so he might right. be somewhat familiar with what we're doing he might be familiar with ron zook's voice but he makes plenty of poor decisions with regards to punt return. If he's going to be the punt returner, he, he has made some poor decisions fielding the ball and where he is on the field. He doesn't seem to have very good awareness. And he hasn't really ever broken any big returns. He's had a couple, but this team can't seem to do anything big on special teams without getting flagged. Right. I don't trust the special teams to, to be special. So right. I really don't care for me. Because even if me, they have a big return, block in the back or a hold yeah. or something For stupid, me, Trevor you know? Davis coming back is a net zero. It takes a, it, it uh, fills a roster spot. It does nothing for me because I don't trust him. I haven't, I, he hasn't proven that he's trustworthy as a kick returner. He hasn't proven that he can, he can, he doesn't, he hasn't proven he has the smarts to make the right decision well, when he, the ball's coming his well, way. Well, he asked his girlfriend at LAX Airport if she remembered to pack the explosives when he was asked if there were any explosives in his bag this summer. So not a wise uh, the lacking person. of the smarts is definitely there, it's for sure. So I'm not, I'm not too excited about Trevor Davis, but I do want to see it, okay? I'm interested to give him a chance to prove that we're wrong, but last season was a disappointment to me when he was back there. A guy with all that speed and all that talent, you would hope he could figure out how to do it. Just like you want MVS to do it. You want MVS to be the return man, right? I, I want that too. I do. I do. The only thing, I, I, don't, I don't want him to get hurt, but he is obviously one of our best options with speed and the ball in his hands. And he's not afraid to make plays. He's a player. The kid right. is going to be good. Right. They hit on him. They hit on this kid. Fifth round. Right. Fifth round. You know who should be returning kicks? Jamon Moore, what the hell is that guy doing? You're activating him on game day. He doesn't get on the field. Put him on special teams. Put him back as a kid. There's... He also has speed. All three of those receivers are high-speed guys, right? And, yeah, that's not the only thing, but that's the only thing Trevor Davis brings to the table. There are guys on offense and defense that aren't playing that just make us scratch our heads, and we don't know why. It just doesn't make sense, but that's the way it goes. Right. Hey, uh, I know we're jumping all over the place before I, I, I want to mention this too, because it's, it's worth a discussion because it's been a, a huge discussion on Twitter this week. So it was announced yesterday that the Packers will induct former GM Ted Thompson into the Packers hall of fame. And right. he is going to be the only inductee during this next ceremony. Uh, Jeremy, we'll start with you. Do you agree with this? What are your feelings on Ted going to the Packers hall? Yes, absolutely. Ted did a fantastic job as GM. And yeah, he fell off the last few years, but they won that. So he brought us Aaron Rodgers. We've gotten to watch. We went from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers, and Ted Thompson's the guy to bring that to our. But to a lot our, of people argue and say that that wasn't Ted Thompson. That was the universe throwing Aaron Rodgers in our in our. All lap. right, say whatever cockamamie garbage you want to say, but Ted Thompson did a fantastic job as GM, and I, and I know it really hurt a lot of people. But when Brett Favre, when he got rid of Brett Favre, that was the right thing to do. It sucked. It sucked for every Packer fan everywhere. But that was the right thing to do. And I think the only people now who don't think that he should be honored in this way are the, the Brett Favre people. The ones that are very like, they, they were really hurt by all of they that. They still want Favre playing today. They're still pro Favre people. And so Ted, give Ted his credit. He deserves plenty of credit. Uh, he put that roster together that won the Super Bowl in, two, Super Bowl in 2010. Well, okay. He, well, he also hired Mike McCarthy. Right. I think you mentioned that. Right. He, he he hired Mike McCarthy, and if you don't do all the things that led up to the championship, they probably don't necessarily win the championship. Now, some people would say no, they would have won one sooner. I don't know about that. Right. Ted, you know, there was it was brought up some of the great things that he did. Let's not forget Ted. Ted got Charles Woodson. Ted brought in Ryan Pickett. Right. Ted moved up and drafted Clay Matthews. Ted did draft Aaron Rodgers. He found Nick Collins. 
all of these players that are on this team, yeah. BJ Raji before Raji fell off. He found Kenny Clark. He drafted Kenny Clark. Now he, he found made, Justin Harrell. Sorry, Ed. He made some mistakes. <laughs> yeah, Justin yeah, Harrell was obviously. awful. Dayton Jones was a miss. Nick Perry right. looks like a miss. There's, But Ron Wolf missed on guys, right. too. Ted didn't use free agency as often as he should have. He Davis brought in, says BJ Raji. He brought in Julius Peppers. Yeah, I mentioned Raji. Oh, you did. Okay. I mentioned Raji before he fell off. I don't off. listen to you. There were, you know, I mean, he drafted A.J. Hawk where everybody expected A.J. Hawk to get drafted. He wasn't a, he wasn't a, a road grader, but he did play. He did play for a good, you know, he played eight, for a long time and he eight seasons. He played he eight seasons. He was a core and he, player on the team. And if he had been like a fifth round pick, nobody would complain. Nobody would have complained about him. Oh, he's a fifth round pick. He would have been one of the best values in Green Bay history. Right. So, you know, Ted navigated the transition between Rodgers and Favre. He found some gems in the undrafted free agent realm. Yep. Like, you know, uh, Sam Shields was one. Yeah, I mean, Frank was, Zombo. I mean, right. some of those guys aren't on the they Packers. They actually contributed right. to this so, team. Some of those guys aren't on, aren't on the Packers anymore and aren't in the league. Right. But, it, you know, it's at the time. It's at the time. That's right. that's the key. You know, Caden he, says hey, we could have gotten TJ Watt. <laughs> he inherited. I'm not even going there. He inherited. I have to make a joke then for those of you listening. Okay, Ted Thompson had to inherit Ahmad Carroll, and and navigate through that that yep. complete garbage, which was <laughs> one of the worst cornerbacks. I mean, between him and T. Buck, between between Ahmad Carroll and Terrell Buckley, I'd love to see those two line up and in their prime and just you know let let's see how many points the Packers can lose by get torched by. In a, in a game. So I agree. Ted Thompson, great things. I, I'm glad that he's going in the Packers Hall of Fame, but I am also glad that he is in doing more what he likes, which is scouting and not right. running the, the franchise. I think they made the right move to move on. I love Ted Thompson. I wish he was my grandfather. I would I would totally hang out with Ted. It would be interesting. You would every time. I feel like now, and this is not a health joke, but I feel like now, just because of the way he talks, every time you leave the conversation, you'd be like, "Was he? Was he serious?" That's what I would say with <laughs> Ted Thompson. That would be that, a lot of fun. Yeah, it could be. No, it definitely could be a lot of fun. No, for sure, it definitely could. So, all right, where do we stand right now? Packers are three, four, and one. They're under five hundred. They've got still the the schedule's not doing them any favors. So this week they've got Miami at home. That seems with Osweiler quarterback. That seems to be. I'll phrase it this way, so I don't jinx anything. That seems to be their best opportunity in weeks to get somewhat back on track. Agreed. Yes. Okay. So I love how you kept it short there because you're like, I don't either want to say anything. Um, <laughs> but then on a short week, they go to Seattle and say what you will about the Seahawks. That's still a tough place to play. And the Packers have some black hole problem there where they can't win no matter what. So I look forward to how they how how that falls apart some way, shape, or form because they should beat the Seahawks even though it's on the right. road. They haven't won a game on the road. The Packers are 0-4 on the road this year, but they should win that game. And then the following week, They've got the Vikings in Minnesota. And once again, they're on, you know, so they're on national TV this week because it's a late game on CBS. They're on national TV because it's Thursday night football. And it's the only game that's on. And they're on national TV the following week in Sunday night football against right. the Vikings. Can they stop putting this year's Packers team on national TV, please? <laughs> I can't handle the exposure. Right. Because the because as soon as the Packers struggle, everybody wants to come at you. Everybody wants to come at you as soon as your team struggles. And, and like, if you go on hashtag Packers, there's people that don't even watch football who are like, oh, I came across your shit show on TV. It was a lot of fun right. to watch. Right. <laughs> uh, I, they, okay. Going in against the Dolphins is a great situation. It's a good, it's good timing for the Packers to get back on track. They need to win this game. They should win this game. If they don't win this game, the season is over, over. Not just Jason feels like it's over, but it's over. Over, okay? They need to beat this Dolphins team, and they need to do it badly. They need to beat the snot out of... Brock Osweiler you, shouldn't score any freaking touchdowns you don't against get the style, Packers. You don't get style points in the NFL. I could care less whether it's a whooping or not. There is... Packers Wire released a piece just as we started the show, and the, the headline is, Packers pleased with Tremont Williams' debut at safety. So now that we know what the bar for pleased is... For, for the Packers' defense, I'm going to need Tremont Williams to play lights the F out. Do you yeah. agree then? Yeah, I agree. But It wasn't great, but it wasn't awful. But was it worse than – was it – how did it compare to – Same, ha -ha? at least same, if uh, not slightly better. Well, that's fair, but at least, you know, like that tackle on the goal line, I don't think Ha-Ha even tries to make that. I don't even think Ha-Ha No, he's running away. Shot. He's probably running away trying to jump in the stands He's covering his dog. head. Yeah, he's – you know, whatever. So, I, I think Tremont did fine. It's – the safety position is not in an ideal place. Let's just say that. We all know it, okay? 
It's not been in an ideal place all season. It did not get worse when they got rid of HaHa. Tremont did fine. He did fine. So I'm cool. I'm cool with it. So HaHa was a joke. That's from Dan. Thank you, Dan. I agree. Everybody agrees. For a four-year, a four-season-long joke that never ended. Right. Poor Jason's got a HaHa Clinton Dix jersey. He doesn't know what to do with it anymore. Yeah, in this last game, I was like, hey, maybe I should give this away during the game. You know, it'll be exciting, and we'll do some kind of a raffle or whatever. And it was such a dud game that I literally was like, right. forget it. I don't even want to get on the microphone. Here's the thing. I don't know that anybody would want it. Unless it's somebody who just really needs it, needs wants a jersey and can't afford one. That's the only situation where uh, well, I that's, think That's my whole want. point, though. Right. That's yeah. what I'm trying to do. That is, would be great. So here, let's do this instead. Let me pull up the, the um, phone number here. Okay. Okay. So let's do this instead. If the, if you know somebody who cannot afford a Packers jersey and would love to wear a HaHa Clinton Dix jersey, what what uh, size is it? Large. A large. A large it's HaHa an, Clinton Dix jersey. It's an authentic, large, home HaHa Clinton Dix 21 jersey. If you have somebody you can give this to, I'm not. we don't want to give this to you if you're just going to keep it. This is for the donation to somebody who really cannot afford to buy a jersey. You can text us at 920-395-9030. Okay. Text the hotline. That'll come right to me. And if somebody wants a Packers jersey, can't afford one, and, and you want to give them a jersey, you can give them this one and get them started. And yeah, it's ha-ha Clinton Dix, but it's still green and gold. Tell us in tweet format, so 140 characters or less, why you should get the jersey. Tell right. us your story in as, br- as briefly as you possibly can. Let me give let me give this number one more and time. legitimize it. Go ahead. 920-395-9030. So folks, and that's a number two that you can call. You can leave voicemails for us. We want your voicemails. If they're good enough, we'll play them on the show. And then we also right. will take your questions, we'll address it on the show. So make sure you take that number down, put it in your phone, make sure you, you make that part of your post game routine. Send us your thoughts, whether they're filtered or not. We'll go through them all and we'll enjoy them. We'll try to address all of them. So I don't know much about the Dolphins. These NFC AFC games are kind of weird because we don't play each other very often. The last time the Dolphins were in Green Bay was 2010, and it was the Brandon Marshall and Chad Henney led Miami Dolphins. And the <laughs> Dolphins somehow took the Packers to overtime and won on a late field goal. Jordy uh-huh. Nelson fumbled in that game. Yep. Brandon Marshall caught everything under the sun in that game. The Packers were not the championship Packers at that point. Right. And after that loss... We were all ready to jump off the band. We as were down, about at the same place we're at right now. We were all ready to give up. Were, yeah, I was just going to ask that. As down as you were then, are you, are, does it Way feel, more now. Way, way more now? Oh, yeah, no. Because because we don't have Charles Woodson. Clay Matthews isn't in his prime. Aaron Rodgers isn't you know playing out of his mind. John Kuhn was like the sole running back at that point. Starks hadn't what come out yet. What a train wreck. Whoa, Starks so hadn't terrible. come out yet. Like, uh, who, who, who were we rolling with in 2010 to start the season that got hurt? Was it Ryan Grant? No. Yeah, was it Grant? Was it? No, I don't know. Well, we should look. I'll, I'll look it up. Um, but what, before I do that, Nathaniel asked in the chat what, what we think the biggest holes are on the defense. Since we're talking about, you know, we don't have Woodson and Clay's not Clay. What are the biggest holes on the defense right now? Safety. I would say safety and linebacker. That would be the. Safety and pass um, rush. 2010. Safety, pass rush, and offensive line depth. Offensive line? We're just offensive talking defense. line de- Offensive line depth. We're just talking defense. Oh, on defense. If you want to talk the whole roster, we can do that. No. Okay. Safety and yeah, pass Yeah, defensively, rush. I think it's safety, safety, and, safety pass and pass rush. rush. The, the, the middle of that defense is great. Mm-hmm. The outside of the defense is great. I think Oren Burks can still improve. Blake Martinez is good enough in the middle. Antonio Morrison is not very fast, but he had a sack. He at least can play. He's a baller. Yeah. So he does good. The cornerback group is young, and they have uh, depth, and they've got time to improve. And up front, could you ask for anything more out of Kenny Clark? Mike Daniels no. had a sack in this game yeah. finally. Up front, and Dean Lowry is good. So there's there's a lot to be encouraged by. It's just the, the safety problem. And, and safeties, you know, the thing is, is the safety position is not is not your, you know, break the bank type of thing anymore. They can get a veteran safety on the open market in free agency this year, and they're going to have the cap space to go after somebody decent. Right. I don't want to hear about Eric Reed. If he if he doesn't play for Carolina Pass this year, I don't want to hear about that crap. I want legitimate cover safety options. If you're okay. going to throw free agent names out there, I would take Eric Reed. But let's move on from that. 2010 roster. This is the year they kept three fullbacks: Corey Hall, John Kuhn, and Quinn Johnson were all on the roster That's to right. start the season. That's right. It was Ryan Grant and Brandon Jackson. Those were the two running backs to start the year. And then they had injury issues and late in the season. That's right. James Grant Starks. got hurt in the first game against the Eagles and didn't play the rest of the year. Yep. That is how that went. That is exactly how that went. 
So yeah, weird year. Uh, very weird decision by. by remember the and then they brought Ryan Grant back the next year, the next season, late in the year in 2011. And I remember against the Lions that New Year's Day game that that Matt Flynn came in and played, and when they were resting Rodgers and they still won. But Grant had like a breakaway run, but he was literally galloping. Do you remember that that weird gait that he had when he ran? Like he literally was like running so fast that his legs couldn't keep in sync, and he would <laughs> end up galloping. It was like doom, 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 doom. And that was like how he ran, and like it was, it was like just get in the end zone quick before the other horses catch you. You know, <laughs> I, I love Ryan Grant. He actually yeah. joined uh, Corey Benke and Aaron Nagler on one of the watch parties recently. It was great. He's His a stories supporter. Were great. He's a supporter of Cheesehead TV, and he was he was a huge. He was a great find. Uh, that was like a another good trade that Ted made. Right, they brought, brought right. him in, and he, he was, played. Uh, he played deep great on for the those. Giants depth chart. I think yeah. he was like third or fourth back on their depth chart. And it, mm-hmm. it was a, good, a really good trade. Bounced around the um, league a little bit. Yep. Okay. So Alex asks, does the McCarthy need to be fired if, if it's Aaron Rodgers' fault, the Packers' problems? No. Or yes. Aaron, yes. McCarthy needs to go. It's, it's, it, it's a culture problem. It's, it's not just Aaron Rodgers. There's an overall culture problem. And that's what we're seeing with guys like not making plays. Mm-hmm. Ha ha Clinton Dixon, who he became. The things that are missing for this team, the thing that is missing for this team is a, is a leader that keeps the culture in line. He's out of answers. It's just time for a fresh start. He needs to go somewhere else. And, and sometimes you take somebody out of one situation and put them in another and it, it emboldens them for whatever reason. Mike McCarthy right. is, is, is holding himself back. He's being held back. Whatever it is. Go somewhere else, flourish. Hopefully not the NFC, not right. the NFC North. Go to the Browns. Go that's to the Browns. That's what I want to see. I think that's what everybody Everyone's wants to see. Everyone's talking about Cleveland. Fine. That's, that's fine. Go to Cleveland. Half your players are there anyway. You're going to be very familiar with all those guys. Right. Anyhow, Jermaine Whitehead's there. Demarius Randall's there. Good luck with that. All your friends. All your friends are there. Good luck with those um, uh, head cases. Yeah, so I think I think Mike, I think unfortunately Mike does need to be fired because Aaron Rodgers struggling the way that he is has a lot to do with Mike McCarthy. So, it has a lot to do with the fact that I, I think, and we talked about this, but I just don't think Rodgers wants to play in that system anymore. All right, back to the offseason coming up. And this is, this is part of why I asked you if good is giving up Try to get into the, the Dolphins, and we're in the offseason. I know. Listen, I know I'm, I, we're bouncing around a ton. Um, okay, so I had a point when I asked you if good had given up on the season. I had multiple points, but the, the moves at safety getting rid of those guys, but also not bringing in a guy like Bruce Irving. Now, maybe they tried to, and we don't know about it yet. That's possible. But I think it was more like, why would why would I go out and spend money on this guy who won? It's not going to be a game changer for us. He, he Bruce Irving is not going to be a game changer for anybody. He wasn't right? even he wasn't even if they're all in. Right. I don't think Bruce Irving is that guy I, well, at all. Well, if they're anymore. all in, if they're all in and they're struggling with depth, I think it's a guy that you add for depth. But I I I think that his lack of well, I guess I I can only say this loosely because I don't know if it's true, but his lack of interest in doing so makes me feel like you know like. Why fix the outside linebacker position on this team? We need to look ahead and fix, you know, fix these things for the long term. Bruce Irving is a short term uh, correction. When in the offseason, I got lots of money to spend. So let's not mess with the money. Let's just, you know, we'll start making moves looking forward. And I, I think, I, I don't think Gutekunst has given up on the season, but I really do think that he's got his eyes looking way ahead right now as he tries to rebuild this team to what he wants it to be. He's got a lot of work to do. The, well, the, the team that you're looking at right now and the roster that you see right now is what the Packers are riding with through the end of the season. And I think we can all look down the road and you can be as optimistic as you want to be and say, yes, they could run the table. They could only lose one more game, maybe two, sneak into the playoffs. And then who knows from there? Right. Just look at the roster. Right. Just look at the roster and look at how well they've played and look how much they've maximized this season. I mean, I... I, there's too many needs of things to happen for guys that we've already seen what they can do and what their top, their their ceiling is. Right. It just doesn't it doesn't seem to be in the cards. And this is a very defeatist like you know conversation that we're having right now, and everyone's probably you know bummed out listening to it. But it's just the and this is why I tweet the way I do in games. It's like it is very obvious when the Packers are not likely going to win a game, and they've right. surprised the hell out of us over the last three years, and they've won some big games and done some special things at times. Now, I have not forgotten about that, but that has gone from being something we seldom saw before to now being really the only way the Packers tend to win. Right. And if you can't put together a full 60 minutes of football, you do like circling back. You have a culture problem. It's a coaching issue and you just don't have the right mentality by your players. Right. Okay. So let's do two more quick off topic questions and then we'll try to talk a little dolphins. Uh, Alex, Alex asks, what if we re-signed Casey Hayward in 2015? I don't think it would have mattered 
because at the time, oh, if we had, oh, if I, we had, God, I got excited because right. I'm like, if he if he's available this offseason, right. no. bring him back. If we had done that in 2015, I don't think it would have mattered because I think one of the things that we saw is that guys would leave Green Bay and play out of their minds elsewhere, and I really think that had a lot to do with Dom Capers. That Casey Hayward wouldn't have had the success here that he was having in San Diego. And just like Micah Hyde would not have had the success here that he's had in Buffalo, well, it's not – Green Bay wasn't in a healthy place on the defense from the top. And so I don't think Casey Hayward being here then would have mattered, but hell, it sure would be nice to have him with Mike Pettin. That'd be cool. The only time I think it would have made a, uh, a difference where you could debate, and this is probably not going to help because it was a very critical time, because that would, 2016 was the first season he wasn't in Green Bay, right? They still made it to the NFC Championship game. They needed him in the NFC Championship game because they had nobody. They had Ladarius Gunter out there and I think Demarius Randall. And they had too many guys hurt. Casey Hayward might have helped a little bit. But when he was in Green Bay, like you said, systemically, the way they used him, I don't think that he would have maximized. He wouldn't have given him what you're seeing in San Diego. It's not like all of a sudden a light bulb went off and Casey Hayward to learn how to play football. It obviously was the change of scenery, change of right. defense, change, change of, of the change defense, of, change of scheme. But now that you've got Mike Pettin, guys like that, you can you can bring them in because you can trust him to use them the right way to get the most out of them because the the pressure is not coming from your pure linebackers. These guys right. can, you know, do all kinds of things. Wait until Jair Alexander matures, Josh Jackson matures. And you've got them both coming on a corner blitz. One of the two of them is absolutely destroying your quarterback. And yep. I can't wait for it. Yep. All right. From Patrick, he asked, can we trade Mike McCarthy to Cleveland like the Raiders and Tampa trade? Yeah, that could happen. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. McCarthy's got one, one year, year. Not with one year left like, on his deal. That's the, it could technically happen, yes. Yeah. But that's the point that, like, does, do, would the Browns want to do no, that? Cleveland, no, just wait. If, Cleveland, would, Cleveland would wait an extra year, honestly, well, to get it, it for free. And if it's John Dorsey, like, we're not talking about the Browns of the past. John Dorsey is a very smart GM, so it could happen. But there would have to be a guarantee of a, of a new a new deal in place. Like, there would, you know, just like with a player, when a guy's on the last year of a deal and a team wants to trade, sometimes you need to get a deal in place if before If you're John Dorsey, what are you giving up for Mike McCarthy at this point? I mean, they have, they do have the ammo to do it if they wanted to, and they, but, they but, have plenty of draft picks. But but do I you need? To, but my point is, do you need to pull out your grade A ammo for this, or can you can you get get no. by with a simple? Uh, no, because that that job in Cleveland now is going to be a desirable job. They have a young quarterback who looks BB, pretty pretty pellet. <laughs> it, looks pretty just... dar- it looks pretty darn good in Cleveland right now. Um, so I, I do have one more question. I saw. I, I know I said that would be the last one. Uh, let's see. I can't remember who asked it, but just uh, coaching candidates for for the Packers for next year. I'll throw out two names and get your opinion. John D. Filippo, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, I think. Are you going to say him or, or are you just going to? No, no, I'll give you him. I, well, okay, I'll give you both. Josh McDaniels. Would you rather? Actually, that's not a good would you rather. We should have had some would you rathers <laughs> for here. Would you rather trade Mike McCarthy? Um, I don't know anything about D. Filippo. I, at this point, for me to speculate and talk about him is would be me just using all the narratives and all the stuff I've heard other people say, and I am so against that. Fans out there, if I appreciate everybody who follows me and interacts with me on Twitter, and I don't need you to agree with anything I say ever or agree with everything I say. That's fine. Either way, I welcome the debates. I appreciate everyone's feedback. Don't come at me with narratives that are tired and that are solely someone else's and use someone else's words as ammo in an arg- in an argument. Right. I can't stand it when that happens. So I can't speculate you on Filippo because okay. I, I don't know anything. So let's about go, Josh McDaniels. We know the story on Josh McDaniels. I, I I just think some guys are better suited to be not be a head coach, and I don't think Josh McDaniels is going to succeed as a head coach. I think he is right, perfect right where he's at as a coordinator. I think that he needs a second chance, and he can do it. I think he could do it and be great. I don't trust him after the crap he pulled with the Colts. I don't know if anybody could trust him, uh, especially if he went to Green Bay and let's say, you know, he gets Rogers last few years and then Rogers leaves or retires or whatever. And now you got Josh McDaniels and he's ready to step out the door. Leadership is not, I'm a great offensive play caller. There right. is so much more to running a team right. than you're great. I mean, Sean McVay seems to have made a, made the transition very well. Great. 
the Rams hit. They got a huge, huge windfall out of that. But not everybody is meant to. It's just, it's kind of like in, in my profession, you know, I, I'm in sales and I've seen so many colleagues who are phenomenal sellers try to become directors and fail because there's so much more than selling to being a director and leading a team. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think I think Josh McDaniels got a promise that he would be the next coach of the Patriots, and that's why he's still there. That's why he pulled the crap that he pulled. Yeah, 100%. How, why would it be why, anything else? Right. But you know what? He's going to interview this offseason, I guarantee it. And, right. and I, I don't think – and I wouldn't – are you – okay, would you shy away from him simply because of that? Yeah, you, I, I don't think he's actually available. See, that doesn't bother me. That that wouldn't that wouldn't preclude him from me from maybe wanting him to talk to the Packers. I just don't think he's suited to be a head coach. All right, so uh, Dan, two Dans both say they want a defensive coach. I agree. I'm with you. Let's move on. Uh, you want to talk a little Dolphins or what? We can talk some Dolphins. The only thing I'll say to having a defensive coach. Okay, great, fine. Mike Zimmer, great things in yeah, that'd Minnesota. be awesome. It'd be great, but you you better find a home run offensive coordinator because it ain't Joe Philbin. Right. Right. But imagine that Viking. Okay. Aaron Rodgers do, do, still needs Aaron Rodgers still needs his ride or die. And a defensive coach coming in is not right. going to be Aaron Rodgers ride or okay. die. Okay. Imagine grit your teeth and imagine this Aaron Rodgers as a Viking with Mike Zimmer as the head coach and where they're at. They would figure it out. This is not well, a thing. They, if what I've heard about DiFilippo is all true, then yeah, I think I think we're all like you know hiding under the covers at night at that. Well, that's the thing that that's the thing that I think the Packers need to do. They need to focus on. They need to focus on. Well, if they bring in a guy that would keep Mike Pettin in place, they don't necessarily need to do that. I like Mike Pettin. I want him to stick around. If they get rid of McCarthy, I want Pettin to be the defensive coach. I want Pettin to interview for the head coach position. Well, I want him to, but I don't know that he wants a head coaching position. He said that in the offseason. He now, didn't want it in Cleveland because it was a crap fest. Now, he said that. Mike Pettin said that in the offseason. But if a job came up with a good on a team with a good quarterback, like the Packers, maybe he considers it. Um, I, I think, I think Pettin is a great leader. I don't think he got a fair shake. Nobody who's coached the Cleveland Browns in the last – However many years it's been, they've been firing coaches every two years. None of them have gotten a fair shake, except for Hugh Jackson. I'll just say that because he came out and said all that garbage about if we would have done it my way. No, none of them really have gotten a fair shake. That team has been such a hot mess for a long time. Mike Pettin's example in Cleveland is not a very good one. What about, uh, there's some rumors that John Harbaugh might not survive this season in Baltimore. You want a Harbaugh? I would take Harbaugh. I like him as a coach, but my thing, okay, so... No, if it was Jim Harbaugh, I'd say no. No. Because I don't like booger pickers Absolutely. and booger eaters, and I don't want that on the sidelines. Although, if he's wearing a green shirt, it'd be easier to wipe it on shirt. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I would totally take Harbaugh. So, only during the home games. Can't yeah, do that only on the, during Can't right. do that on the road there, Jimmy. All right. <laughs> New team rule, they wear green everywhere they go. <laughs> <laughs> that sound bite, that sound bite just made the intro. I can't wait. All right. No, for sure. So, Dolphins. I did not sit here and go through their entire Dolphins roster, but I will tell you this. They're five and three. They have Frank Gore. They started, and Frank Gore is exactly <laughs> the type of player that can't isn't doing anything all season. Then he plays the Packers, and he goes off for 150 yards and two touchdowns. So if you have a need for a running back in fantasy, pick, pick up, up Frank, Frank Gore, Gore against the Packers because they'll probably go off for 150 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. But – the, the Dolphins are, are actually, they have a better record than the Packers, and I guess you could say they're they're a better team right now. They're not going to be favored. They figure, they're figuring out how to win with they're what not, they got. Well, they st- well, okay, they started out 3-0. and So that was, they started out 3-0. and They started out hot. They got the big win against the Chicago Bears, so we'll always love the Dolphins for that. The Dolphins always get the Bears. 85, the one loss they had that season before they won the Super Bowl, Dolphins. So... They and then, and then you know Miami's. I think they beat the Jets this past weekend. So those, that's your five wins there. But they've also it's Brock Osweiler. You know somehow they're figuring out how to win games. Their role players are probably stepping up. This is a game though that scares me because of that though. We're not familiar with their players. Are we underestimating them? We're back home. Is this Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy thing just kind of like, eh, I don't care. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I got a billion dollars in the bank. I've got great scotch waiting for me when I get home. Yeah. I don't think that's how he plays. And I'm not saying that's what I think Aaron Rodgers is doing. But I'm just saying worst case scenario, how they could lose to the Dolphins because it's very plausible. Right. It It is 
this team is in a bad way. I mean, it, they, it's so, there's so much talent on this team, and then they don't play a full 60 minutes, and they haven't all season. Do so, they, and, I'm wor- and I'm worried they're going to come home and just think that being at home is all of a sudden going to spot them eight, ten points, and they could, you know, they can sleepwalk past, sleepwalk past the Dolphins, and they, right. it's not going to happen. They can't. They're going to lose if they do that. Right. Uh, Prancy Vancy in the chat wants to know who gets cut after the Dolphins game. Hey, we're on a roll. <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know. I mean, I, at this point, we're running out of out of guys that right. I wouldn't mind them cutting. <laughs> I don't know if I would have cut Jermaine Whitehead, but uh, my reasoning wasn't because he's an idiot. I definitely agree he's an idiot. It was because I don't know if they could afford it, but apparently right. that's not not uh, a pre- doesn't preclude guys from getting cut. So I I don't know this. They they just they have to find a way. I I, I already I already don't think the season is going to end well. They've got that stupid tie on their record. All of their toughest division games now come up on the road. They played Detroit in week 17, but I think by that time, unfortunately, the way that we both see this week thing playing out, that's going to be a lot like week 17 last year. It's just going to be at Lambeau versus in the you know nice warm comfort of Ford Field. So it's going to be a cold game. And how interested are they going to be out being playing out there? So it's it's a tough road. Right. It's it's a tough road. So I, I just they got to find a way, though, because, you know, I, I can't be had yet and I can only be had. You're only going to get me back, just so you know, for watershed purposes. You're only going to get me back walking in, fired up before the game's even over, You where you can hear me coming through the door before you even see me. If they win today or win this, this week, week, they have to beat Seattle. They got to beat Minnesota. And then they have to beat Chicago. I don't know what happens in between there and all that other stuff. You know, honestly, I don't care if they beat the Jets in New York or not, because that's another stupid game that they don't ever, you know, play. They, they you know, it was that was a weird game last time they were there. I think right. they, it was like nine nothing, something like that. They nine have to, to beat. You can't. You're not going to convince me of anything special if they lose any of those four games. Right. This week, Miami, Seattle on a short week, Minnesota the following. So I'm, I'm basically saying they got to win three in a row. They gotta I, win. No, I agree. I'm, I'm with They got to win three in a row, and then they have to beat Chicago on the road. And then, sure, you can convince me, but that also means that it's probably a – I mean, what is Minnesota? I don't know what Minnesota – they still have to play New England. Right. So that's one game I think Minnesota's going to lose, but I don't know. I mean, I, they might right. run away with this thing. All right, so let's uh, look at the Dolphins just a little bit. Offensively for the Dolphins, they have Devontae Parker. They have Kenny Stills, Danny Amendola, um, I mean, oh, it, Danny Amendola? Forget it. It's over. We're done. <laughs> We're sunk. Cameron Wake's still playing. Cameron Wake's still Cameron on the defense. Wake is still playing, yes. Their running back is really good, too. They're they not also Frank, have Robert not, Quinn. Not Frank Gore. Not Frank Gore. They, they're, uh, yeah, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Drake yeah, is good. Kenyon Drake, Drake is very good. Drake so, is good, and I could, see, I could see us being like, how did we not see 200 yards, 210 yards, and, and but two honestly, scores I, from I, that guy coming? I don't really look at anything on this roster as far as wide receivers go that has me shaking in my boots. Because it's Osweiler. You know, and then, yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't really have it. And then A.J. Derby and Mike Gusecki at tight end. So I, I'm not, I'm not going to undersell the Dolphins and say, like, they, these guys aren't that great. They can win. Obviously, they've been winning, and they have a better record than the Packers. But offensively, like this defense should match up well against them. I'm, I'm not. I'm not too concerned about it. But the the big concern to me is: do they do it for all sixty minutes of the game? Because it only takes a few bad plays and a few mess ups to let us let a team hang in there and figure out how to win by the end. You know, it really wouldn't bother me so much if they want to get all their crappery out of the way in like the first half of the first quarter, and then give me forty five. Or give me, you know, give me 52 minutes of absolute stellar football from that point forward and finish strong and win by like two possessions. I could be, you know, that that would make me happy. All right. So on defense, they got Cameron Wake, Robert Quinn, Kiko Alonso, which, holy crap, Kiko Alonso. I haven't seen that name in a long time. He's still, he's still healthy and playing this season. It's um, amazing. Let's see. This late in the year. Xavier Howard at corner. Bobby McCain at corner. Safety is TJ McDonald and Rashad Jones. They also have Minka Fitzpatrick and Walt That's right. Atkins. Minka Fitzpatrick a- is playing well, Aikens. and that was a guy that a lot of Packers fans wanted in this draft. He was actually yeah. the – I I wanted Derwin James first, and Fitzpatrick was right behind him. Yeah. That was my number two. So, um, defensively, you know, Cameron Wake can still get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that, I think Cameron Wake had his first really good game in that 2010 matchup against the Packers. That was, that was kind like of his, a his breakout game for him. Yeah, we've had so many breakout games against the Packers. Like Marvin Harrison came out against the Packers in '97. 
in that game and that where they'd only won like two games and then they right. beat the Packers and that there was one of only three losses that year. The Packers lost. like to do a few things. They like to let guys have breakout games and they also like to be a team that breaks records for other teams. They also like you know to let saying? guys who haven't done anything and should still be should be sitting at home eating popcorn uh, go off and have career days. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. I don't want to be. I. I don't. This whole show has been pretty negative, but I think that the whole vibe around the Packers right now is just negative. How hey, can listen, you be, it is what it is. How can you be positive it, right yeah, now? Yeah, it is what it is. So I still I I'll share my my um my pick at the watershed on Sunday when we do the uh, pregame show. But I think the Packers can win. I I think no, they no, should. No, think, no, not only can they, I think they should win. Okay, so they should win this football game. Hmm? That's what I think, and I'll leave it at that. Okay. I'm not going to give my prediction, my score prediction, none of that. I think they should win this football game. Okay. I won't give my score prediction either, but if any of you have followed me long enough and you watched how I picked games, used to pick games on Cheesehead TV when they went through a rough stretch, go back to 2016 and read some of my reasoning behind some of the picks I made during those losing streaks. That should give you a little bit of a clue as to how I'm probably going to pick this week's and why. Right. Yeah. Jason is, um, Jason's just been sad. Jason needs Insert a dolphin noise. I, I was gonna try to make one. Yeah, no. Insert. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. That's bad. And that sounded that sounded like a lamb or a, a sheep. A really bad, right. sick, sickly right. little animal. All right, Ticket King, the TicketKing.com for all of your ticket needs. Great sponsor. Appreciate all their support all the time. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jason Perone. You can follow Jeremy. He is at Jeremy RVDL. You can follow Cheesehead TV Live, and please do. It's one of the only ways you can win some of the giveaways we're going to do. That's at CHTV Live. For Jeremy Vanderlinden and Jason Perrone, this has been another edition. Oh, before we sign off, woo! Right Back at the buzzer the there. Back up the train. So there will not be a show next week. Nope. Because I am being jettisoned off to... Uh, Hell? Off to, no, I'm being jettisoned off to Workland. Okay. And Same I thing. believe, and then I believe the following week, you're you're out of uh, you're out of the picture. You're out. Yep. Right. I'm going to Missouri. Which so is it's also another form of hell. So it will be. Gosh, there's we won't get back together and do another show until three more three games have happened. So there's going to be a lot, a lot to talk about, a lot to talk about by the next time we come back. But keep in touch with us. Keep tweeting us. Send your questions. Let's give them the number one more time. The phone number. Yeah. Okay. Let me pull that up. All right. And while Jeremy's doing that again, the Packers should win. You're saying right. they should yes, win they and they can win. win. That's doesn't. All right. So the phone number is nine two zero three nine five ninety thirty. 920-395-9030. You can call that. If you leave us a terrible voicemail and it's hilarious, we will play it on the show because we want to make fun of you. Yeah. No, I'm just so it, I'll, I'll simple sign off here for Jeremy. Thanks everybody for listening. As always, thanks for all your participation in the comment section. We were what we were tonight because we're in a somber mood and some rough things have been happening at the end of it all. But this has been Cheesehead TV Live. Go Pack Go. Thank you for listening to Cheesehead TV Live. Check out CheeseheadTV.com for more great Packers content.